Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast where we are going to talk about another Sunderland defeat down here on the banks of the River Weir. Well, that's not where the defeat was, but that's where we are now. They often are. The defeat was down on... It it was on the tees, but defeats are often on the river. Often on the river bank, on some sort of river bank, anyway. Beat Forest and they're right in the Trent, though. They are. Right on the Trent. They're deep in the Trent. The neighbours across the river, aren't they? Yeah, they are. It's very interesting. You're not from the UK... (laughs) It's quite an interesting fact about the two Nottingham sides. We started talking about Nottingham Forest, <laughs> so it's Sunderland. Yeah, it was, it's about Forest now. The, Great a, result yesterday, wasn't it? It's the ground just over the road as well, so you've got three within. So there we go. See, that yeah. thing about if you call, you can't, you're allowed to call Notts County, Notts County, but you can't call Nottingham Forest, Notts Forest. Yes. Apparently there's this thing about... Like, dodgy stuff like that, isn't it? Yeah. It's like one of those things where if somebody, if it was us in Newcastle, there would be an intricacy like that, we probably would hammer somebody for getting it wrong. So, Notts County, one of those sides you almost forget about, though, because they've been so they've been well away from the top two divisions for so long. Like, kind of, po- like Port Vale, <laughs> the other side in Stoke. Yeah. When I was a kid, Port Vale were always better than Stoke. I always think, now I think of Notts County because it always, I think the way we're playing at the moment reminds us of a time where we always seemed to play Notts County in the early 90s. On the last day of the season, and it would normally be like a relegation, relegation battle, battle, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And we'd lost one when Terry Butcher was manager, and we stayed up because of results elsewhere. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of season we're heading for now, isn't it? I just said to Phil on the way over, um, who, Phil Smith's joined us, by the way, uh, from the Sunderland Echo. <laughs> you just take it for granted that people know who's here. Yeah, I don't think he said a word yet. <laughs> no, you know, he did, yeah. He, he did, did, he mentioned yeah, on he the did. cricket ground in Nottingham. He did, yeah. yeah. Um, I said to Phil in the car on the, on the way over that I'm sort of always the eternal optimist for Sunderland. And even when we went to Crystal Palace under David Moyes and won 4-0, I started to think, you know what, I think we, we, we might be all right now. That might be the kickstart we need to stay up. And for the first time this season now, I'm, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm struggling to see a way out for Sunderland. And we, we've got, I might as well read it, we've got loads of people asking that now. Do you, do you feel like that yourselves, lads? I think I still think they'll stay up. But oh, I, he's got loads of inside in, info, yeah. But about transfers and that. Where, where, whether I'm saying that just more out of hope, I don't know. I think at the moment they just look weak. I thought against Middlesbrough they looked really, really, really weak. And there was nice five, ten minutes here and there where they knocked the ball about a little bit. But Middlesbrough were always 
so comfortable. And to be honest, it reminded me a lot of the game, kind of games I used to watch last season where some of them would have their little moments, but they just didn't look good enough. But having said that, I think once you do get a few players back from injury, some of them you can't rely on because they've had so many injuries in the past, of course. Um, but I think you will get a few bodies in this month of what quality they're going to be. We don't quite know. But I do think they'll pick up enough wins to stay up because I think they'll keep enough clean sheets. I think they have delivered some absolute stinkers since Chris Coleman mm. came in. Some of the performances are the very worst, but I've seen enough in terms of the way he set them up, in terms of the work rate, in terms of the organisation. For the most part, they still respond very badly to adversity. Well, Anthony Thurkle is, is, is asking us if anybody thinks we can stay up. He's saying, personally, I can't say. Is that Michael Kerr? Well, you, it see, sounds, is, sounds quiet though. See, <laughs> so we had a conversation about putting earphones on. Steve was against earphones. Now he's pro earphone. <laughs> I'm not against earphones. I just, yeah, you're when, when you're doing all that stuff, I don't necessarily need them on when we're just sitting talking about football. That's all. Anyway, he's saying he can't see. It's no heart or bravery. They look beat. I'm not sure they look beat. Like you alluded to there. Uh, Phil, I think far more organised under Coleman, especially the back, which is going to be important. And I think the way they got the nil-nil draw at Wolves and the one-nil win at Forest suggests that, that that's possible. You're going to see another two or three of those before the end of the season, perhaps. The problem we've got now is at the other end of the pitch, which was less of a problem under Grayson. It's gone from one extreme to the other, hasn't it? I think that the, you look at it and there's no... The, only, the, thing, the main thing you can take out of Chris Coleman's tenure, aside from him and the way he's been and his attitude and the things he said um, on paper we'd only won one game in 15 we've won three of the games that he's 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 had in 10 games one of them a cup game obviously um, and we've had a couple of draws and we've had defeats in the other games but you need to win games to still we drew a lot of games under Simon Grayson I guess and I feel as though we're going to win we will win games. We'll like like you say, the the odd one. We'll have a terrible game, and then the next week, you know, we we'll, we'll, we could well go out and start well. And I think when when we when we do win games, we usually it's usually the case in the first ten minutes of the game. You can tell which Sunderland's there. It's uh, you know you can see like against Barnsley, you felt as though first ten minutes we're, we're going to lose this game. You just see it. Whereas against Forest, the way they started, you thought you know we've got a chance today. Being blunt about it and the way we defended in the games we've just referenced there, Phil Forrest, uh, Wolves. You could put a lot of what happened on Saturday down the goalkeeper, couldn't you? Yes. Um, I thought personally, I thought he was a fault. The second one, obviously. Se- well, I, se- the second one, without doubt. The, fir- the first one... I it, thought he was a fault for that. The first one, he seemed well. to commit too early. I thought it was a bit easy for Gisted to finish yeah. from that distance. He I didn't thought, have to do anything, he just had to put his foot in there. Yeah, he kind of telepathed what he was going to do. I think... That, Listen, when when Coleman came in, that was like the the big debate, wasn't it? Who's the better goalkeeper? As far as I'm concerned, that's long been settled now for all his faults. And I do still think Robin Wright has got a few mm. issues. He still looks a bit vulnerable down to his left from long range to me. But in terms of the command of his box and the confidence he instills in the defence in front of him, there's there's absolutely no contest there. And you know he, he's done okay since Coleman came in. His distribution's pretty average, but we're comparing him, I guess. <laughs> to Jordan Pickford in that element, um, I thought. I thought at the weekend it was one of those games where Millsborough weren't particularly good, which is something we've said over the course didn't of the season. Be, but they didn't, didn't have to be. They were. They had such control. They never had to get out of the gear. And I just thought physically they just looked on such another level. So much stronger. I mean, you know, shot in that right back, strolled through the game. It was just so easy for him. That's the big concern. But 
what you have to say as well is it was such such a weak inside. Yeah, that's um, a, I think that's the worst Sunderland side probably in thirty years. That's I mean it's hyperbolic in it, but I th- it, it, I mean it, it'd be difficult to argue given the situation we're in. This it this is this currently is will be the worst Sunderland team in twenty five years. It will be statistically. Yeah. Even if it finished fourth, it would, correct. that would be the case. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it is. It's the worst Sunderland side in, in 25 years. Since this, It's the worst Sunderland side since since Mick Buxton um, and, and Terry Butcher. It is. Um, and I would I would say that that team had, all, had young players in it and there was people playing out of position. But you looked at it on paper and went, to be honest, I know obviously you guys were at the game. I had a, a kid's party thing to call it in the afternoon. At two o'clock, and I put the match on the radio at one. So it went one nil down. I thought I'll stick it on the car, but I didn't bother. Didn't bother sticking on the car. Kind of checked because I knew we'd lost the game. There was just there was no way we were going to get anything from that game with that team. When you look at the team Millsborough put out, and they've got the luxury of having a number of players for that level in d- decent players um, to pick from, um, and they've probably been a lot. Injuries have probably been a lot more. Lot kinder at the Middlesbrough than they have been to Sunderland, so I think if you you know if you, if we've got everyone fit and firing, we've got a chance. But if if we've got terrible injuries and we don't bring anybody in, then you know we're in serious serious trouble. I mean, there were, there were just mismatches all over the pitch. Madger playing in front on his own against Ayala and Ben Gibson, two experienced defenders, two tough defenders. So had a midfield two. Wilson out of position, playing through an injury when he's not really the quickest to begin with. Ethan Robson, he looked tidy, he did himself no harm, but at the same time, physically, isn't at a level to play against a, a house and a lead bitter right now in his career, unfortunately. And that was the real weak spot for me. It was there was just a lot of mismatches all over the place. Well, Grant Ledbetter came over to take a corner um, in the sec in the first half, and he got he got applauded by the Sunderland fans and the kind of sadness on his face as he, he just nodded towards him and acknowledged him and he looked good to be honest <laughs> it was quite interesting because I thought is he going to wave here because the Borough fans don't like us and they might not and he kind of just raised his eyebrows and gave a little nod and, and his face was just like dejected as if to say like I feel your pain that was quite interesting but yeah, I mean talk there was talk of signing him at the start of the season people were saying he was finished I mean imagine what you do for somebody like that, in your, like that in your side now I know. Well, if he wants to, you know, he'd be more than welcome at this stage. I mean, that we're, you know, it's interesting what Coleman was saying. I know, I know he said about, I don't, it was obviously slightly aimed, probably at grabbing, I think, the comment where he made, he said about older players, experienced players, sometimes have been around the block and they haven't got the hunger we require. So we might not be looking at those types of players. And then a few days later, grabbing departs. Um, you know, because he, he obviously didn't. I mean, I don't subscribe to the theory about laziness on the pitch with Grabben. I just think, you know, he had a language style of play. He used his said this before. He used his positive attributes at the right times in games. I don't think him not jumping for a ball that's ten foot above his head make, means that he's lazy. Um, I'd know, argue he didn't jump for any headers, but, any any yards above his he, head. You know, but he liked the ball. Well, he, he scored headers. He, he likes the ball at his feet. Um, you know whether that's a different debate whether or not you should be challenging for balls in the air. Say what J- James Vaughan jumps for every ball in the air and he gets the ball lumped into his head every time. So maybe Graben was thinking, "I'm not doing that because it's stupid and it is stupid." Like, I mean, we're talking about 
you know, Jason Steele arguably the, the worst goalkeeper we've had in a long time. 25 years maybe again. Since I've been watching, I would say, um, unfortunately. You know, I, I, I hate to say that about somebody. but You know, that you're probably talking Brett Angel territory for, for James Vaughan, I think, um, in, in, in equivalence. Um, I know we've had this discussion, you've mentioned Andy Gray. I think Andy Gray is better than him. Yeah. Uh, Andy honest. Gray stands out for me. Yeah, he was playing the, the Premier worst. League. Still, you, you, still, you, but still. He, dropped down, he dropped down to the, the Championship and scored a hat full of goals for Burnley. Yeah, but we weren't in the Championship. You're going to judge them on the context of, of where Sunderland are at the time, can't you? Well, good job we haven't got James Vaughan in the Premier League because God yeah, knows what yeah, he'd look we like. Have, we haven't, that's the thing. I think it, it's harsh to pick people out and single yeah, them out. Yeah. But Don't want to sit here and just start slagging them off individually. Well, but that is when, <laughs> when you ask me about whether Sunderland can steal that on balance. I think they probably can. But the one, the main reason I would give for them going down is that front line at the moment is just absolutely woefully, woefully cut out for the championship. There, there's just so little presence there, and that's what we saw it at Sheffield United, and we saw it at Middlesbrough. There's just no outball. There's no nobody really who can make that run in the channel. I mean, Vaughan doesn't really win that many headers to no, be honest. He doesn't. he doesn't really make the ball stick, and it just doesn't give Sunderland a platform to get into the game. And that's by far my biggest concern um, looking at the end of the month because we're looking at the, the profile of player. Um, obviously, he's made his first sign today and Chelsea, youngster, and that gives you an insight into the kind of player. Hopefully, you can find a, a good striker, but you, you worry again about the physical side of things, you what, know, if that's the market. Yeah, one thing you, you would be happy that I would imagine Chris Coleman's got quite a wide contact boot, um, so you'd be quite optimistic about that, even if it was loans. What, what, what do you know about the. Uh, the new sign and um, Phil Tom Huntley's saying, "Can this la- new lad win a header?" Well, <laughs> I, and, and that's the thing. Obviously, he's done brilliantly for England under twenties, and people have talked him up in terms of the development side. How he will then go into the championship and yeah. play against champion strikers is a complete yeah, lottery. I, I, what what we what we know is he's a he's a left sided centre half, so he'll slot in where Mark Wilson has predominantly played since Coleman's come in. I think that's a positive. You have. Him and Brown in either side of O'Shea or Wilson, if O'Shea's got a niggle, I think that might work quite well. He's got a bit of pace, um, and obviously coming up through Chelsea, he'll be a bit more comfortable, I think, playing out than some of the defenders. But John O'Shea's happy when he heard that. I've got some legs, I've got some more well, legs. Well, and that's exactly what he needs. Me, yeah. And so, so in that sense, it's a, it's a smart move. I think now you've got that in, you can focus on the other end of the pitch. Um, but I think I think it's a good signing. But the the reality is, and the reality is, with every signing, I suspect something make this month. We'll I mean, not know how they're going to perform. Yeah, I mean, against, I, I toyed with the idea of getting somebody on to talk about them. And, and like I said to Gareth earlier, do you know what? Like, how much will a Chelsea fan actually know about a player who's who's predominantly playing the under twenty threes? Because even somebody who goes to watch under twenty threes. He's watching him play against other and under twenty three teams and other under twenty three players. I know he went to Bristol Rovers, but a lot's happened since then as well. He had that he was part of the under twenty squad that won the World Cup, wasn't he? So I just thought unless it's somebody who's covered all the England under twenty games, then you know you just we're just gonna have to wait and see on that one, aren't we? Yeah, it's a it's a complete lottery, and that's going to be the case with pretty much every sign Sunderland make. This you just month, hope, I think. you just hope it's he's more Johnny Evans and less Lou and Nyatanga, don't you? That's kind of the way you want. You know, when you look at those sort of young, promising players that would sign on Night Tank, slightly different because I know he was a derby, but he was high, highly rated, and I think he kind of slipped down the pecking order a little bit. You know, you that's that's what you're hoping for, and it's you know, it is a gamble. I mean, attribute wise, like you're saying, it, it's about you know, he's obviously hungry because Coleman said he, you know, he wants those types of players to come in. You know, he's 
left-sided that if he wants to persist with the back three which I think we should because I think on balance it probably gives us the best opportunity to be solid defensively but also you know attack at the right times in <clears throat> in numbers um, and you know hopefully he's got a bit bit of pace about him you know got some legs because at the moment uh, I think Wilson I was quite happy with, with him as a signing to be honest on deadline day I thought you know he can play a number of positions he's played in the Premier League for you know a long time, he's played played the Premier League for a number of years. You know he'd been to West Brom, he'd been at uh, Bournemouth last, and obviously Stoke for a long time. Um, and he's been really poor. Like he's had so so many mistakes in him. Um, you know it 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 just hasn't it hasn't been the experienced head that I thought it would be in that. And, and the fact that you know you're, you're saying about championship strikers, he's failed to cope with with the physicality of some of the the, the forwards. Yeah, like looking at him, is. you would think that would be his strongest. Exactly, you would. You would yeah. think he'd be able to go, you know, head to head with with some of these players. I mean, Sam Gallagher, he's a young young lad, and he absolutely roasted him for that first Birmingham goal. I mean, maybe he's put himself in that situation again, a stupid mistake because he hasn't stepped out, let himself, let him get in. And that's like a game against Birmingham, a team. Yeah, they've, they've picked up a couple of results recently, but they only scored eleven goals, I think, in this this season. And then we give them one like that, and then we we don't play well in that game, and we're struggling to get into it, and we drop points at home to a team who were bottom of the league. And you know, it can't continue. What whatever the whatever whoever's in there whoever comes in now we can't continually see these errors there's a concern for me that Wilson's just going to be pushed up into midfield now because he hasn't got somebody who can just sit and and Wilson's been doing that I mean (laughs) I stun the studio on a silence to to be honest to be honest I I don't think he'll play on Saturday because he's been injured and he still looked injured to me at the weekend credit to him because some of the comments about some of the other players who who remain nameless it's about Swinging the lead with the the injuries, at least Coleman, at least uh, Wilson, has tried to get back. Even when he's been out, he's tried to get back. And I, and actually, on on the ball, he did okay. It was just the off it. He was so far off the pace. I mean, people were just gliding past him. But in terms of the way he moved the ball, he was far from Sunderland's worst defender in the game, actually. But I I don't think he's fit. I'd be, if he, if Coleman's got other options at the weekend, then he he won't play because you can see that he's he's not fit. But they need they need to replace that position because for what Coleman's trying to do that position was so important and we saw in the game where Gibson went off injured that Sunderland's performance level just went just nosedived completely because they didn't have that player who could put his foot on the ball wait for the wing back to get in the right position and make that move so that's got to be I mean Sunderland could improve every position but strikers now and then a replacement for Gibson I think well, be the talking key. about midfielders Matthew Foster's asking where Undong is going quiet at that one isn't it. Well, he's, got, he's got an he's got an ankle injury. Is is the club's official line? You, that's that's what they're saying. Oh. Um, he's had that for a long time. There has been there there is interest from other clubs, but I think the club. It's kind of a well, yeah. We'll see when the offer's on the table because you've seen with someone like Lemayne Corney how many clubs have sniffed around him for a long time and it's never come to fruition. I think he'll leave this month. Um, one thing I can say for certain. With it, with injuries, you don't know. You can't say he's injured or he's not. We don't know that. What I can say is that he's not part of Chris Coleman's long-term plans. Well, he's not. He's not talking about him or anything. Chris so. Coleman's not planning for the future with someone within Dong in his midfield. Absolutely no way. 
But he like, might have to know, change if there's if a bid doesn't come in this month. He might have to sit down with them, and say, "Okay, well, look, needs must." Yeah, we mm. asked you if, he, if he's still here in in February. Asked to use him, mm. but you know that's a massive disappointment. If I think it's easy to you know throw accusations around about everyone faking injuries or whatever, but I think for Coleman to come out and suggest that some people aren't getting back fit as quickly as they could, you know, it's, it's alarming and people talk about rotten cores and all that but half the players who are in this rotten core don't e- aren't even there anymore so you know and they're playing all the time so there's pl- there's been plenty of squad turnover and these there's relatively new players who haven't been available if he if he's going to struggle to bring players in can, can we trust any of these youth players because how many times this gets you know, trotted out as a line, put the kids in and all that stuff. We we have got people who, who are tweeting and asking, Gavin Paul, I would bring more of the young lads in. Watched the under-23s yesterday. They played much better football than the first team. They looked hungry um, and scored a lot of goals. Well, that, Carl that... Bridgewood, should more young players be given a chance after the encouraging Robson performance at the weekend? But then I've seen people criticising Madger and, and his performance at the weekend. And then, you know, that it, all it takes... It, all it takes is three weeks with these young players for them to become the the answer to get rid of them. Like I'm not saying anyone said get rid of them about you know people like like Madger, but that's what it's like. You know, Duncan Watmore. It didn't take long for people to decide that he wasn't good enough, and you know, get into him. So, and he was he's the best player. That's even though he didn't bring him through, he's probably the best outfield player that's come out of that group. Easily, because he, you know, he's representing England in twenty ones, or played in the Premier League regularly. Um, <clears throat> so, I don't, my my personal opinion from the under twenty threes football I've seen in the last two years, I think the intensity is so poor that it's very very hard to make judgments about players. Um, I'm not one who thinks that there's players currently in that under twenty threes group who can come in and make a big difference. Of course, it's true that you'll never know until you put them in that situation. And I had, to, I'd have to say that George Honeyman's probably surprised me in how well he's done. Obviously, he's got a lot of flaws to his game, so that makes you think. Well, maybe there are other players, but I don't think the intensity of the under twenty three game in any way, shape, or form translates to the championship. And that's what makes me very um, sceptical about saying that these guys who are performing well at that level are, are ready to step up. We'll talk about Sunderland generally in the, in the state of, of play at the moment because it's an important part of our history this Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Damien Taylor is asking if this is the most important stroke concerning period in the club's recent history. I would say so. I mean, we've talked, we've said, we've we've spoken about players being the worst in a generation. We're talking about <clears throat> the team being put out being the worst in a generation. We're talking about the league position being the worst in a generation. That's a, I mean, the other the two opinions are subjective, but it's a fact. This will be the worst team in a generation. So we're at, we're at that point. I think. The transfer window, the problem is it's always it's seen as a little bit of the answer. And I think even if everybody ev- even if everybody deep down knows that Ella Short isn't going to invest any money this window unless we bring some money in, there's still I think a little bit of like hope that actually he'll just <laughs> change his mind one day and give Chris Coleman twenty million pounds to spend. It, he ain't gonna do that. He's not gonna panic and, and give him twenty million quid to spend. It's not gonna happen. So if people think buying our way out of it, which we've tried to do in the past, is going to be the answer, I, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. So I think if people are getting the hopes up around that, I think sharp, you know, zero. Yeah, Phil, put that away. If, unless we could bring money in, unless we, it, un, there is no permanent signings being made by Sunland, unless there are permanent sales, that's the that's the absolute top and bottom of it. Um, and so I like just sitting and start crying. I know, but that's you know, but we knew um, the thing is we knew that we yeah, knew yeah. that. No, but you, you never want to just. But that's what I'm saying. You got to. I mean, what, what's what's what's, it. what's he got the club up for now? Sixty million is the rumor, isn't it? It's about that. Phil? It's about that. About sixty million. What's yeah. a club worth if you get relegated? We're we're less than half of that, yeah. I don't know. We need someone who knows what they're talking about with finances on Wes. Chris ring. But you're I mean <coughs> ultimately <coughs> you you're presenting sort of a logical argument about why Ella Short would invest and it might be logical but Ella Short's lost interest, we can we can all say that. Um, well he he did that interview, didn't he? he, after he hadn't Grayson, lost interest. Had, Grayson had gone refuting that point and the problem is if you if you don't start doing better after someone makes the statements that he made in that piece, then you're going to look like you're daft. And we haven't done better. We've done a little bit better in, in, in what Coleman's done. You know, say we'd be a mid-table championship team under his stewardship if, if he hit reset from when he took over. But, you know, now his claims about this club should be finishing... Seventh in the Premier League in a good season and twelfth in a bad season look even sillier because at the moment we'll looks as though we'd be lucky to finish seventh in League One next season. That's the way people are thinking. So what's the an- what's the answer? What's the answer to, to what's the answer to the problem that he's he's identified in that we're here now we shouldn't be there. And we should be here, in his opinion. What's the answer? What's the solution to the problem? Is what we're doing at the moment the solution to the problem? Is it going to be a painful process to get back to where 
he wants us to be or believes we can be. I mean, the the idea in theory is is that okay, there's no money at the moment, and Chris Cullen won't get any more money. Part of that is because there's still so much money tied up in the wage bill. Sunderland don't. I know people looked at it and see only spent one million, and of course you have to spend. But Sunderland's wage bill is still one of the biggest in the league. There's absolutely absolutely no bones about that. And if you look at the players who were missing at the weekend, and the wages they're swallowing up, it's massive. It outstrips most clubs in yeah. the league. Rodwell, so Rodwell Corney, and Dong will be you know pretty absolutely. Yeah. So the, I think the the idea is, and certainly the plan that Chris Coleman was working to when he was offered the job, when he was told the situation was look. We just have to keep them up this year, however we do it. Whatever we have to do to keep them up this year. And that'll involve in this window, as Coleman's already been very blunt about it, whoever we sign is going back to their club in six months. It's short term, keep them up. And the idea then is that you've got five or six contracts coming up in the summer. Mika, Mark Wilson, Darren Gibson, there's a couple of others who I can't remember off the top of my head. The I, Coleman, I think, was got the job on the understanding that he'd have a little bit more to play with then. He'd be able to shape his squad a little bit more than there'd be well, a little bit more money available. Barini, so he, Barini, Lentz, and Kasri should logically Gilla, convert. Gillabodji as well. That's quite yeah. a bit. Even if you you reduce to bringing in free transfers, that's quite a lot of the wage. It, it is, and that's yeah, that's certainly not me saying in the summer he's going to go out and spend twenty million. But he's working in the impression if I can just keep them up this year, if I can just do whatever I can to get them over the line next summer, I'll be able to mould things a little bit more. And then hopefully you'd hope that his qualities as a manager, the full pre-season, that can start to shine through a little bit. That's obviously a very optimistic reading of the situation, but that that was what he <laughs> don't defend on. it. You've you've built my hopes up a tiny little yeah. bit there. But but, that, but that's what I'm saying when you when you ask him what the solution is. Well, there isn't a solution at the moment. Let's try and get a couple of bodies yeah. in. And let's just try and keep them up by by crook. Well, I think we'll, we might get more than a couple of bodies by the sounds of it. I think, I think he's got the he has I to. Th- I think he's, you know he said he's mentioned four or five. <coughs> Obviously, one's come in today. He's probably Reuters upturning form, and he has had an upturning form. And all, like you see, he's not the greatest goalkeeper in the world, but he's been a lot better. He's um, suddenly not a priority anymore. Yeah, exactly. So that's done them a favour. Will but, anybody go back? Black Cat Yank saying Galloway or Williams. Any chance they I might think, go back? I think. Well, I think there is a good chance. I don't think it's as simple. I don't think Sunderland can simply turn around and say we're sending this player back. I think ultimately, well, clearly Everton have to agree <coughs> to that. Now, if Sunderland go to Everton and say, "Listen, Brendan Galloway is not part of our plans. He's not going to get any football between now and the end of the season," logically, you would think they would agree to that. It's certainly an, an option that they're thinking about because he needs those loans. And he's not he's not anywhere near the team. He's not. He's not. He's been on the bench, but that's just through the utter If he's not if he's not gonna play in that FA Cup team against Middlesbrough, then he's not gonna play. No, and I I don't mean this in a disparaging way to Don Love at all, but I think the fact that he's now put himself ahead of Galloway in the pecking order is quite revealing in itself. So I wouldn't be surprised. surprised I saw I've said it before, I saw Galloway live at Everton a couple of times last season and I thought he was alright. Maybe it's just the I, was, I thought, it was, I thought it was a very canny sign, mm-hmm. and when he came in, I really did. But it hasn't worked out for him. So, the, in, in answer to the question, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Williams I, again. I mean, Chris Coleman rates him highly. I mean, we've seen that Williams can bring something. But you're looking at it now. I mean, I couldn't believe it last week when Coleman said he was still about six weeks away. Now, if you're looking at that, okay, so that takes you into what mid-February. And then let's say he needs another three, four games to get back up to match fitness. Well, and that's presuming he doesn't have a setback, which he has a history of doing. And you're looking at that thinking, you know what, maybe you should maybe you should be considering that. But the answer to that is I think it would have to be it would it would have to be a mutual decision. So Everton and Crystal Palace would have to agree to take them back. I think it 
maybe with Williams maybe means six weeks, including the reintegration period. He might mean might he might possibly well, even six big weeks race. before a, a first team. But I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be looking at him to be the answer because I think a lot of people would be very disappointed because. <clears throat> I'd, I'm str- I mean, I'm sure he's... Sean for the ball sure, and asking for the ball goes a long way, He doesn't create goals. He doesn't create opportunities. He doesn't score any goals. No, but if he could be the, the link between the back end and but somebody like McGeady with a minute that's like isolated whenever he, he doesn't plays. Like, he doesn't do that. He plays, he plays in sort of a 10, sort of advanced midfield role. I don't think Colmo would play him in the but where, but, I don't think he would play him there. No. But where, that's where back. he's been playing, though. No, for where, yeah, before but where would he play? He'd play further back, didn't he? Wouldn't he, he? Did, he, didn't, he didn't play as a 10 for Wales. He played no. much deeper. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, he would he would go in alongside a Catamull or a Gibson, um, I think, under Colm. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a brilliant no, player, no, no. but he would make the team better. And I think the question, if we're, if we're talking about should they send Johnny Williams back, well, I think the obvious question after that would be, could they get a better midfielder on loan in instead? Because you'd have to replace him. Now that's a question for them to decide and for them to find the answer to. I, I would have said my instinct tells me it's a lot more likely Galloway would go back mm. than than Johnny Williams. I, don't, I, I think he'll he'll keep Williams anyway because I think you'll you'll think I can get something out of him, and you know hopefully when he does come back he can stay fit. But he's only how many games has he played for us? Williams eight or something, six or eight games. Yeah. You know, he's not really done anything. I mean, runs around a lot, but you know, it's just getting to the stage where I understand where I think our expectations and a lot of fans' expectations have got to a stage where they're willing to accept the bare minimum, which is effort and desire to compete in a football match as the barometer for a good for good, because that that's how low it's got, and I think. That's a worry because, well, at least he runs around. You know, we could all go out there and run I, around. I think for that's a, a bit. very, very harsh assessment of him. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Honest. No, no, I'm not just saying that. I'm not saying that of Williams. Mm. I'm just talking generally. You know, we're getting to the stage where it's like, well, at least he's busy, or you know, at least he puts a shift in. You know, you got. You've you've got to have more. We've got to have more than that. We've got to have people delivering. And we've got to get, have people who are willing to get on the ball and be brave. And we've got to have people who are, you know, clever. And, and you know, you look at someone like Vaughan, he's just not clever enough up front. He might run around and chase people down and put block ta- cha- challenges in and try and head the ball. But, you know, you feel as though with him he'd need the ball to land to him 10 yards out, completely unmarked, three times in the game, and he might score one. And... He doesn't get in front of defenders. He when he doesn't sit. It's like a defender who doesn't like Julie Boggio. He doesn't sense danger. He doesn't know what's behind him. He doesn't. He doesn't re. Really, he doesn't know what's going on in in the box. He doesn't know how to sense. You know, sniff out the opportunity that the strike is going to create with Vaughan. It feels as though at this level, he can't do what he needs to do to make the chance. He's behind defenders, standing behind defenders when players are in wide positions. It's all just a bit. Just needs to be, everything needs to be sharper. Everything needs to be, you know, just lifted up a notch. Everything needs to be half a yard quicker, you know. And it's a big challenge because we're talking about competing with teams in the championship now. And you see teams coming; they're a lot smarter than than Sunderland. They're a lot more streetwise than Sunderland. Even you could even argue that a team like Bolton, yeah, 
were, were more were cleverer in the game than Sunderland. Barnsley were cleverer in the game than Sunderland. I want to know how it's coming to this from, from the start of the season when there was a bit of energy in the side. Gareth, can you can you get the um, the team up for the Derby game and the, and the Norwich game, and we'll, we'll have a look <clears> at that. Do you sense that Sunderland have broken Chris Coleman in any way, Phil? What's he like from now, from when he first walked in? Because he walked in, chest puffed out, said all the things. Most managers say things the fans want to hear, but you sensed he believed it when he was saying how big this club yeah. could be. He must have known the Swansea job was around the corner and other jobs around the corner, and he wanted to come here, which is great. He's alluded to the fact he thinks he's a bit naive on that front, hasn't he? And, and saying that maybe the modern... Or the younger footballer doesn't look at it like that, but he needs to keep that belief for all Absolutely. those sake. Listen, I mean, Chris Coleman has got a good contract, and I don't think there's any shame in saying that will have attracted him to come to Sunderland. He still sees it as a big club. He still thinks, you know what, there was a time in my management career where I could only have dreamed of managing a club like Sunderland. If anything, I think he's got a little spike here in the last couple of weeks, to be honest. I think he's someone who backs himself so much after what he went through with Wales and when we talk about the situation something yes it is very poor but let's be honest in comparison to what he walked into at Wales in terms of the tragedy that just happened there and, and the mood around the Welsh football team I mean it, it's pretty small fry what he's in now and I think I think he understood the situation the big difference is I do genuinely believe he understood the situation he was coming into which has not always been the case with managers and we could talk about whether they should have known better whether they should have done their due diligence as mm. Mr Moyes liked to say Coleman did that so what's happening now I think the scale of the injuries has caught him on the hop a bit and taken him a bit by surprise but he's certainly not surprised about a lack of funding in January he understands the environment he's working in I think I, I, I maybe I'm being naive but I think he's enjoying the challenge a little bit um, he knows he really really needs strength in this month I mean badly so I think if he doesn't get that, we might see a very, very different mood after the January window. But I think for the time being, he's still very, very spite. He's still very, still very bullish. That's good to hear, isn't it? I just start thinking of turning him in with quivering wrecks. So. I, I would, but what I would stress is that, you know, obviously with the great start, they've got one body in already. If that didn't get much, go much mm. further this month, I think we would see a very, very different mood. Right, well, Sunderland, when, when we were relegated, um, there were different opinions on where we, where people thought Sunderland would finish um, few said they, they would go back up, I, I don't think most people have thought of that, somewhere challenging for the playoffs perhaps is what most people have thought but I think most people would have been delighted if we'd com- been competing you know, but what we said after the that. first game against Derby um, you know what, this side's probably better than most people have given them credit for. Derby, if you look now, are flying high, aren't they? We looked at the form second. table. Yeah. We looked at the form table, the second the second actual table now. Well, there yeah. you go. So, flying at the moment. Um, we played Derby. Should have won the game. The players were energetic. Um, they went behind. They got back into the game. Remind us that starting eleven because we're a million, <clears throat> million miles away from that. It was uh, Steele, Jones, Galloway, Catamore, Browning, Corney. Honeyman and Dong, Vaughan, Graben and McGeady. It's a midfield, isn't it? Primarily. We've got better full backs than that now, I would say. Yeah. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one position. Centre backs are, you know, she was on the bench. Um you know, we did make a substitution in that game actually. I remember that that was one of the sort of question marks in so the, the midfield. Honeyman's still playing. Honeyman M- played McGeady's wise, in and he? out, isn't he? Um, I mean McGeady. I mean, talk about it's, it, a drop off from McGeady. McGeady's a different player. Mm. Oh my word! I different, mean, different football. Unbelievable. Right I mean, we're talking about him being one of the signings of 
God knows how long for 250 grand. <clears throat> now we're looking and going, I can see why he was 250 grand. I mean, he's still got five goals this season. I mean, and we'd be certainly be struggling if we didn't have his goals and, and, and some of the good stuff he's done early in the season. But, dear me. So, well, so, but that probably reflects the side and the team as a whole, doesn't it? Because, like I said, we started that game, we were energetic. We went, then went to Norwich and won 3 1. Rode Ro- their luck in that game they a did. little bit. And they then did, I thought massively rode their luck at Sheffield Wednesday. And at the time, you kind of took the positives of that. I do kind of look back now and think, actually, I'm not, maybe they weren't playing quite as well as, as we initially thought. C- certainly not at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I, I just think you look at that team, and I think the one thing Simon Grayson did at the start of the season was he just took it completely back to basics. It was just so almost simple what he was trying to do, and he started to move away from that when he went to five at the back. He started changing things in well, games, and I think he just confused things and he just muddled the whole picture. And actually, when Coleman had his success by coming in and almost doing what Grayson did, okay, he was playing a different system, but just simplifying things so much. And I think I think Grayson just just muddled things for for so many of the players. And the other thing to say, of course, is how many of those players have been available the last three, mm. four weeks. Yeah. Well, the midfield situation is different, isn't it? And Dong and Catamol are playing there. And I know Catamol hasn't been great this season, but God, if he was fit, you would have him in the side. Well, if he was playing he? like he was at that night against Derby, mm. he'd be he'd be such a massive asset because he was brilliant that night. It's it's <clears throat> you know I think we never really foresaw that what would happen in you know I think I don't know if there's a level of naivety there because when when you lose and all the time, the pro- well, it's the, all these problems off the pitch and all that. You know, if those problems off the pitch are so affect affect things so drastically on it, and they remained in the summer, and they remained during the season, then they were always going to catch up with us. By that logic, we're always going to get hampered by the the problems, whatever they are, off the pitch. Um, so the cause for optimism was probably naive on reflection. Um, but you know, you look at it now, and we all thought we'd win a few games in the championship and all that. Well, we probably won the fewer games in the given given the amount of games we played in the championship. We probably won fewer games than we did last season in the Premier League. At this point, I don't know if that's statistically correct. It might be about the same four games, you know. And we've got a far worse group of players, and we're playing far worse football against worse teams. Um, you know, and it, it's. It's a sad situation, but the one positive, I think, really is Coleman and his attitude and approach to the job that he's been given. And you've just got to hope that it doesn't eat, like it doesn't start to eat him up, and he can stay, he can rise above it. Not, I don't want to sound like, you know, we're gonna go full Benitez and excuse absolutely everything he does just because he's Chris Coleman, because you know he should come under scrutiny when he. Makes mistakes and and things like sure, that. Sure, but, but substitutions against Birmingham aside, I don't think there's been anything that could. No, I think I think maybe going to the back. Be. I think maybe going to the back four um, against Barnsley was not the best move. Um, to be honest, take the Oviedo wasn't injured and took him off, and you know because he wanted to try and get more bodies up front or, or whatever that may be. <clears throat> I would have kept the shape. Um, but. You know, there's other substitutions. I was saying before that of the goals we'd scored, a 
up, up to a point the substitute being involved in every single well, goal I, and I think that's and, Coleman, I, so. and I think I, I actually agree with you but I thought it was very strange to go up with four man midfield when McNair was yeah. carrying a knock as well but I think on balance I think most of the fans haven't gone through David Moyes and Simon Grayson would take someone who makes early and mm. fairly high risk subs and it's so far it's won more points than it's lost yeah. if, that, if that makes sense so I think you're absolutely right in what you're saying but he is kind of the one reason why you're looking at the moment and not just thinking oh, what's the point yeah. almost because at least there you see someone who's, who's got the stature to, to maybe make a difference over a, over the medium term I mean I know that you know obviously you've got a week off now for the Birmingham game which could be a positive thing with the injuries we've got and obviously getting towards the end of the window it'll give us more time to hopefully get those players in and it, it'll be a game extra with the players if we can get them in um, you know, a big game of Cardiff at the weekend. Who've been, I think they've, they've lost of the three four the last in a row. four in a row now. So, you know, they'll be under pressure. And if we can do what we do, I know we'll talk about this on Thursday. But if we can do, have a good day where we turn up and look positive and look fresh, like we did against Forest, we'll have a chance in the game. So, and then we'll have Hull at home. Which is a massive game, mm. you know. We were, I mean, Hull and Birmingham together. I mean, that could it would have been a make or break week in the season, really, because they're massive games. But we have to we have to beat Hull, regardless of what happens against Cardiff. We have to beat Hull. You can't you can't have another team come to the stadium <laughs> like in, in, in you the can. bottom of the league, <laughs> and and we can't drop points. We can't afford to drop points against them. So it's just a ma- it's ma- it's a <clears> massive <throat> month. It's a massive month on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, would have been even bigger if the Birmingham game hadn't been postponed. But you know, we do, we need the we need an Allardyce <coughs> transfer window, don't we? In 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 some you know, and he he rel- he spent relatively modestly. Yes, we had money to spend, but I think we only spent Six, 15, 14, 15 million, and we brought that? the four players in. Um, so was it even that? I think it was ten. It, nine, ten. Oh, Kasri, I'm forgetting about Kasri. Yeah, Corney was about five, wasn't it? Corney was five, and then we had Kershaw for seven hundred and fifty grand, and 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 Doy on loan. Um, you love on and Doy now as an outballer, wouldn't it? <laughs> so he'd, he'd probably do. All, he'd, he'd be pretty good for us, I think. I'd absolutely take him. Um, well, hopefully, there's a couple more made before we come back and speak on Thursday because well, we we do like you do. You, you look back <coughs> at transfer with significant transfer windows of the past. Uh, Roy Keane's first one was one. Sam Allardyce's January one was another. The difference is now we don't have money to spend like we did in those. But you just hope you can do something in the long Can you market. can you think of a just before we go quickly? Can you think of a of the top of your head or of someone you've been thinking about of a slightly aspirational yet potentially realistic signing we could make this this window? I can't if I'm being honest. Where say we got a little bit of money in, say we had eight million pound to play with. Well, that's not you said realistic. Yeah, but <laughs> no, I, don't, I think that's relatively realistic. Say we sold and Dong and, and Corne for eight twenty million is not realistic. Do you know? Even if we saw if if we brought twenty in, we wouldn't get. How's he, I don't think he's no chance of bringing twenty in. In my think? personal opinion, no. no I think I think you could, no. if you'd sold and Dong for nine ten, you might get ten for Corne. Mm, maybe. So there's your twenty. So see, but anyway. Is is anyone off the top of your head that you could think of that you'd go him? I've, I've not been thinking we're going to have any money to spend. So it's no, no, I'm just talking. I mean, we might even on loan where you're thinking 
Yeah. I, think I don't I th- think the, the, I the think two w- midfielders from Borough that got mentioned will be a decent shout. Two players who are comfortable on the ball, who are not getting a game for Borough now, who were their starting midfield pair last season, for sure. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I, I, I can't see Sunderland getting either of those just because Borough aren't in a position where they have to loan players out. Mm. So if you're from Middlesbrough, no, but like Gareth's saying, if his magical money, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I personally, I think, I think Woodburn. I know he's young, unproven. I think it'd be great if they could do that. I think someone like um, there's a couple of youngsters at City, Diaz, Zinchenko, fairly similar players who probably will go out on loan this month. Who would make a difference? You just want to see a bit of pace in the final third for me, and someone who wants the ball and will take a player on. That's my big hope for the for the window. The one I was thinking of was uh, Azure at Leicester. He's not really involved. You think he? You think he fancied it, didn't he? Last January, mm. if it came to it, you know he might get him four or five mil. I know he's old, a bit older, but I I think I know what Coleman was saying about players as well who've seen it all before, experienced players who just mill about. He's not that type of player, is he? Yeah, and I think he puts he puts the effort in. He puts a shift in. He scores goals. He scored goals at that level certainly. Um, I think he would be a good fit for that system, whether he goes with a two in behind one or, or one up with 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 him. I think he would be. I hope, I mean, people might think that's a ridiculous suggestion. I don't think it's. I think it's. That's what I was talking about. Slightly aspirational, but realistic-ish. I think he's a player who we could probably attract if everything fell into place. He's the kind of player that. I would be looking at if I could sign an experienced, decent player for us. Right, well, we can all dream. All laugh at we can me all now. dream, yeah. People are probably turned off now, so yeah. it'll be ridiculous. We'll be back on Thursday to uh, preview that Cardiff game. Um, one last tweet, actually, that I missed, and it's from our old friend Marty Moonpie. Oh, yeah, who's off, yeah, yeah. Who's off travelling and listens to the show. Missed the game today. Too easy to snooze for an 8am kickoff in Columbia. Looks like I didn't miss much. I should be back for the Ipswich game to come see you at the Peacock. Being, be When's nice. the Ipswich game? February. Third of February. Feb or something, yeah. yeah. Um, how was your turkey beef at Christmas? Right. Turkey beef. We should see actually next Peacock for the whole game, we've got Vic Hallam. So that'll be good, won't it? I will. Has that been confirmed? An actual yeah. legend. Yeah, no, I will. So put that put that message out. Well, he, did con- he confirmed that it was when I spoke to him before Christmas. I'm well, hoping yeah, now I've said I, that I, he's I was not wondering if you'd followed it up. That's all. No, I have. I've had a conversation. Okay. No, but, um, well, that's good. You're don't not, ask him where I got his you know information that will from, be actually. Good. That will be a good one, Vic Hallam, actually. An so, actual legend. Who actual legend. Actually won light on your previous guests. I know, but none of them won the FA Cup, so <laughs> have they? I think they'd hold their hands up and go, yeah, he's actually won the FA Cup fair play to him. He has. Thanks for listening. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.